At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombacare, the world messenger, and I'm literally traveling around the world, and I am getting to UK. You're probably laughing because I'm trying to imitate UK accent, and I'm doing a horrible <laughs> job, but I will let my guests to really bring his UK accent and really show you how Brits really do talk in a regular business <laughs> setting, just in case you don't know by now. But the best part of the conversation we're going to be having, it is with Wodit Top. 40 CEO in world on LinkedIn, young, strong, and powerful gentleman that I had a chance to learn so much from and be learning with over at least a year and a half and seeing his amazing visibility and what he is being overcoming, what he's also currently doing to help others to overcome and at the same time to land on the end of all of that tremendously successful job or career path. So, so much to be said about this um, founder and CEO and uh, from his work and trajectory. But before we go into any further, let's hear this British accent. Okay, <laughs> Matthew Burboys, how are you? Welcome to Legacy Leader Show. Thank you so much, Isabella. And uh, here's the British accent in all its glory. Although one caveat is that it's a northern accent. So if if the viewers are used to hearing a southern or a Cockney accent, this will sound very different from, from some of the British accents that some people might have heard. But uh, but yeah, and very well. Thank you, Isabella. And very much looking forward to the conversation today. Fantastic. Uh so it's a great distinction too, because we were traveling the world and that's the best part. We're now actually specifically Northern, Northern UK. Um, we were just talking a second ago, how everything in the world is changing from temperature, climates, uh, environments, but also so much with people. And you and I are in the people business, specifically around uh, going through major transformation and change. All those really ups and downs and very painful things. Do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and how you got into that and then how is that helping you with what you do so beautifully right now no thank you so much and you're absolutely right I've, I've certainly had you know my own fair share of you know struggles and, and ups and downs on the way to to where I am now um actually a few years ago I was working in-house um for a major a major charity and uh, I was actually bullied out of there um paradoxically probably for doing too well i was actually um exposing a lot of wastage and a lot of um corruption there so i was i was kind of pushed out but that was my initial kind of or final impetus to actually start my own entrepreneurial journey so in essence they did me quite a large a large favor as it happens um as you say these things often end up happening for a reason in retrospect um but yeah i'm very pleased now to have the opportunity to 
to serve people, whether it be job seekers or entrepreneurs looking to grow on LinkedIn, as I'm sure we're going to discuss in a little bit more detail as well. Um, I recently launched a initiative around male mental health and suicide prevention. So lots going on and very grateful for the opportunity to spread the word. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to hear all of it. And what it's really it's also interesting is before we duck into that, I want our audience to really get a sense of who you are. You traveled the world. You lived in some other countries outside UK. And you help so many different cultures and people in those cultures. And you have very strong, not only leadership for someone who is fairly still young, but also came to be in circles of influential individuals and government and parliament and you name it. Uh, but in the same time, as you said, uh, wanted to do greater good. How did all this start and, and, and how this journey brought you where you're today? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. Um, and I think definitely, you know, a lot of the experiences that I've had up until this point in my life has definitely shaped um, who I am today. Um, I know that a big influence for me was about a decade ago now. I actually had quite a severe mental and nervous breakdown. And that's kind of formed my life ever since, I would say. It's given me a perspective on on mental health, on on well-being, and obviously on the on the male aspect, and looking at the male suicide figures, that's kind of a big a big part of you know who I am today and what I'm trying to achieve. Um, that experience with having been um, bullied before has kind of given me a, a vested interest in that topic as well, but also kind of the topic of of helping people to be where they're going to be valued and actually allowing people to step into their their potential and the opportunities that they that they deserve in essence I, I want people to have you know an easier journey than than i have had and, and that other people have had and i think ultimately when it comes to leadership when it comes to legacy at the end of the day that's what it's all about for me is making sure that the people that come after us have a have a less you know painful process than perhaps the one that we that we went went through and paying that experience forward and making it worthwhile um you know at the beginning you alluded to you know the pains in the world at the moment things that people are, are going through and i think what ultimately makes pain um useful and worthwhile is if we then use it for the benefit of of other people so i think really that's what my my story is all about and trying to now pay it pay it forward for others that is so powerful what you just said. And first of all, I'm sorry you have to go through this very painful emotional journey yourself. Uh, specifically to say that openly as a man and young man, it's extremely courageous because unfortunately, we still live in a world of severe mental health stigma and labeling and misperceptions and misconceptions because a lot of times all of those things um, can injure so badly already wounded soul that people truly are just don't know or just simply choose to ignore. So um, do you mind, Matthew, share a little bit if you are comfortable with that? Just how did you recognize, first of all, what's going on with you? Because a lot of times people that I worked with for years, they never knew like what was happening and they suffer much longer and much deeper than they felt 
they actually needed to, right? And then second, how did you uh, find the strength and courage um, to get out of it? And what helped you? What was the pivotal moment to make that happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think you hit upon something really important there, Isabella, which is kind of admitting to ourselves that we are, in fact, struggling. And, you know, for a very long time, when I first had a breakdown all those years ago, um, I did find it quite hard to admit to myself that, you know, exactly what was happening, how serious it was. And when it came to kind of friends and, you know, even even family, maybe sometimes it was hard to admit to people exactly what was what was happening. Um, and, you know, when I eventually did open up, some people were understanding, others weren't. Um, I actually distinctly remember losing, you know, a very good friend of mine at the time because, you know, I opened up and they just didn't didn't get it. They didn't understand. They kind of mocked what I was going through. They they kind of mocked me in front of other people. Um, but now when I look back, I think, well, at least that was a very helpful exercise in being able to work out exactly who my friends were and where my true support systems um, lied at the time. Um, so yeah, admitting to myself that, that there was a problem was definitely the first, the first step. And sometimes you've got to be realistic about the time scale. Cause when I was poorly, I thought, you know what, a couple of weeks, I'll be fine. Just, you know, take a breather, be back at it. And sometimes that's enough, but actually in my case, I needed to make some quite big structural changes and that takes time. So kind of being patient with yourself, understanding that your time scale is going to be different from anybody else's and really having that kind of bespoke, that nuanced approach to what you're going through, I think is the first, the first foundation. And ultimately being able to recognize that you are suffering at least means that you're aware of what not suffering is. And as long as you know what not suffering is, then you've got a chance to get back to that position. I mean, there's a great anecdote in a in a novel. I can't remember which one it was, but a lady at a party went up to a psychologist and said, I really hope that there's something wrong with me. And the psychologist said, what do you mean that you hope that there's something wrong with you? And she said, because if it isn't something wrong with me, it means that there's something wrong with the world. I can't do anything about the world, so I better hope that it's me. And if we start from that foundation of actually realizing the autonomy that we have and take power and agency over our own lives. And I think that's the beginning of, of wisdom and development as far as I'm concerned. Wow, that is extremely powerful. And I love, I love what you just mentioned because a lot of times when we not sure you're right, then it's like how, how, how from which lens we're looking through and then having conversations with people that we can trust and uh, ask questions. And luckily right now, it's a lot of research available on Google and all these different platforms, but then it's also a lot of misinformation, right? So it can be very challenging um, where to go. And um, that journey obviously is, is a lot of self-discipline. And, and reason why I'm sharing all of the listeners and people that are watching and listening, um, how important it is to look at inwardly, right? And how much courageous, is needed to get there and then when you now know more to do better right and how to do better not for just for yourself for everybody around you 
Absolutely. And it does always come back to that internal dynamic and realizing that we often have more agency than, than you know, we might give ourselves credit for or that which other people um, give us credit for. There's a lot of people that will want to make you feel like a victim because they, if they can make you dependent, then yes. it's, for, it's for their benefit. Whereas actually realizing that we have all the tools that we need within ourselves, that we don't need to be dependent, we don't need to be a victim, we don't need to compare ourselves negatively to anybody else, we don't need people looking down at us, we don't need condescension. We can truly be everything that we were made to be and everything that we're capable of being. If only we can find that that those tools and that resolve inside ourselves, then I think that's far better than thinking that you, you somehow depend on the world around you. We're all to a certain extent, you know, interdependent. We're um, reliant on external factors, you know, for for at least part of our well-being and our happiness. But ultimately, the more that you can capture your own happiness and your own well-being from your own resources, and actually shift the balance between how much is it, how much of it is extrinsic, how much of it is intrinsic, in terms of how we. Um, view our own lives and our own selves and our self-perception, then if we can get that better balance between where our source of fulfillment comes from, then for me, that's the beginning of, of progress as far as I'm concerned. Wow, so beautifully said. I'm really glad. Again, you shared another huge golden nugget for everybody watching and listening. So Matthew, with that journey, you also witnessed a lot of things that affected a lot. Right now, we have such a crazy gender dynamics, uh, different movements, uh, and then also, in a way, perception uh, and sense of exclusion, right? Uh, but also sense of lack of belonging. Where do we belong in all of these mixtures of everything? How do we create community? And one beautiful thing is that you created tremendous community, which I'm so glad to be part of on LinkedIn, but also beyond. And with this movement, you also created something to specifically help men around mental health and suicide prevention. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Because um, someone who also worked so much with men for decades and experienced so much um, unfortunate suicides because that's the highest rate right now is still one of the most leading causes uh, and specifically by men, right? And in UK, I was so alarmed and shocked to see how prevalent that is. So do you mind giving us a little bit of insight and then what's the movement, what, how it came about and then how others can join and be part of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Isabella. And um, it is a obviously a topic that's very close to my my heart. Not just because I've obviously suffered before, but as you say, looking at those terrible suicide figures. And here in the UK, even before the pandemic, it was more than one man every couple of hours taking their own life. And obviously, we saw an even bigger spike during the pandemic, and and the loneliness associated with lockdown and everything else. Um, so we know that men and women, of course, suffer. And I think men suffer from a second level of analysis, which says that men are normally strong, powerful, everything's on their side, that they don't have the chance to, to suffer. And we know, you know, flat out from the figures that men clearly can 
can suffer. And we see so many men taking their own life. And I think actually it's become a segment of society that doesn't often have that voice to project. And it seems counterintuitive because for so long that, you know, we've been told that men have the positions of power, that their their views get aired more than more than women. But I think the analysis isn't sophisticated enough because, you know, if you're a man that's, uh, you know, working class, that's just lost your job, you're homeless, it doesn't make for any better reading to tell that man, well, there's these men that are at the top of society or, you know, most wealth is is held by is held by men. Because if you're a man that's also disaffected by those circumstances, it's no consolation that that some other men are doing well. You know, you're an individual. You also have the capacity to to suffer. So it's really those kind of disaffected men that are going through pain, that are suffering, that are maybe suicidal, dealing with problems like homelessness, mental health issues, that maybe don't feel able to articulate their their concerns because they've been told that actually they should feel privileged as a man, that they're they're doing well by definition of being a man. Being able to capture those people that are left behind in that narrative and in that dynamic is really what I'm all about with my movement, Men Matter Too. Yes. Um, thank you again for sharing that. And I love your insights and courageousness in terms of recognizing where the problem is and speaking about it. Um, it's a fortunate that we're seeing what we're seeing in terms of statistics, but it's also fortunate what we're seeing in terms of behavior because um, for people that don't know traditionally how men are being raised in all cultures, actually, to be providers, to be tough, not to cry, to be uh, strong and toughen up and shut their emotions. And, and what we created and what we're seeing now, men that are being uh, in such a mission impossible when you have all the weight on your shoulders to be the provider, to figure out everything else and then always put everybody else first and uh, be invincible and in reality with pressures and changes that are happening, nobody can withstand on its own and without extra help and support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so true. And, you know, I know a lot of men that, you know, they want to be, you know, that strong person, that strong husband, that, that strong father, they want to protect and provide. But obviously, like with anybody, it brings pressures, it brings, it brings stress and, you know, having other people acknowledge that you also can can suffer under the under the weight of that burden, and certainly being able to have people to to speak to, and not just that, but society at large. Like you know, you can't really look in the mainstream media without you know being told how ghastly men are. That men are this, men are that, men are predators, men are you know doing all these horrible things. And I think. What Men Matter To is all about is just kind of redressing the balance a little bit and saying, look, you know, 99% of men are wanting to do the right thing. They want to treat women well. They want to, you know, be a, be a good family member. They want to provide. They want to protect. They're not going out of their way to to be horrible or to treat women badly. And just trying to kind of redress that balance a little bit and say, look, you know, there's a lot of men that are making very positive, positive contributions to our world. And we, you know, they don't deserve to be to be demonized for that. And 
I think that that will then allow men to feel like their contribution is is being heard, that it's been respected, and that they can start to articulate some of the some of the pain points in their own life. Mm. How how true that is. So Matthew, if anybody wants to join that movement and learn more about it, where they where they could go, where they should go. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that wants to wants to get involved, whether it's you know just purely for support, or if you need support yourself, or indeed if you're a mental health practitioner or a therapist or a coach that works with men, please do reach out to me because we're looking to form those those partnerships. We've got our company page on on LinkedIn. Obviously, people can message me directly. We're about to launch our website as well, which is very. Um, going to be very exciting which is going to be menmatter2.com so that's going to be arriving shortly um so yeah please do please do reach out to me because we need all the uh, support and the uh, collaborations that we can manage to get fantastic i'm excited to wait cannot wait to see that website and i'm also excited to support and share because i think it's extremely important and we need to be able to uh, create that harmonious uh, life together and regardless of genders and orientation where we truly look at a human being as a human being and that amazing inclusivity and amazing sense of community which again you continue to amaze me and surprise so many uh, you create a phenomenal community on LinkedIn as I mentioned earlier specifically you're known as a top 10 LinkedIn coach you are being uh, someone who's been number one in Europe in economics I mean you have such a strong sense of of, of business uh, where things are at what's going on and also you know what's going on in the job seeking world and employment world so um, you got quoted as a top 40 CEO in the world on LinkedIn. So first of all, congratulations on all of these accomplishments. And you have something that I absolutely love called Land a Dream Job Now. You're helping everyone that is looking either for a better job or just simply don't have a current job, not only to help them with resumes and um, LinkedIn and whatnot, but truly get what they want. So tell me, how did you get into all of that? Yes, thank you. It, it, it is definitely a big passion of mine is to help people to, to get those opportunities that they truly deserve and to go where they're valued. You know, so many people listening to this now probably feel like they're not valued. They're going to work, they're working hard, they're innovating, they're coming up with creative ideas. They want to progress, they want to help the company, but they're constantly you know, shut out from the decision-making and the ideation uh, processes. And, you know, having launched Dream Job Hub uh, a couple of years ago now uh, with my business partner, Galena Daniel, who's also an expert in this in this area, uh, we've been able to help countless numbers of, of people, certainly, you know, several hundred, if not thousands of, of people, um, with their CVs, resumes, LinkedIn profile optimization, cover letter, networking, interview preparation. And, you know, I've, I've been doing this myself on and off for around about 14 years, helping people with job search and recruitment. And initially, I kind of did that, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis, quite small scale. And across time, I realized that actually the results that I was getting for people were, were quite immense. You know, I was getting people uh, new jobs, 
promotions, pay rises. And I realized that actually, you know, there was a business there and that people needed the, the right advice. I mean, in the context of health, you mentioned about misinformation and some information being better quality than, than others. And I really felt like that was the case in the, in the job search market as well. It was clear to me that actually a lot of what was being advised was pretty, pretty naff advice. And actually, I wanted to make sure that we could be a beacon for the very best kind of job search advice that was out there. And I would say that the results uh, do speak for themselves. And it's been a great honor to to be able to help so many people with this. Wow. Again, you just keep amazing me and I'm sure everybody watching and listening with how much you are doing uh, to help and serve and uh, also help people truly cut times in half or even even less uh for for the to accomplish results because right now market is very volatile and things are going up and down and people feel lost and you creating great actual videos as a matter of fact i saw yesterday a video that you mentioned about how much people are using keywords uh, on the end as a skill sets in their resumes. And actually I was asked, and I was told to do that, even though I proved it that my, my skill set match in a resume itself in the main content, they're like, you need to also add these keywords down below. And I'm like, this is so interesting how contradictory can be depending who you listen. So do you mm -hmm. mind sharing a little bit about that? Obviously results speaks to itself, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the, the example that you just mentioned there about ATS keyword skills, it's one of those things now everyone's obsessed with, with ATS, you know, past the ATS as if it's kind of some kind of uh, arcade game, you know, it's, uh, you've got to just kind of do all these tricks of the trade to get past the, the terrible um, bots and the screening processes. And in practice, it's not quite like that. It's a bit more nuanced. And, you know, we often see CVs that have got a list of you know, dozens of skills that are out of context and in essence could have been put there by by anybody. They don't relate to you specifically. So our approach is really bespoke in nature. It gets to know the individual, it gets to know their individual skills, their individual achievements, and it puts those in context. So, you know, on a CV, anybody can write that they're good at project management. But what makes you stand out is when you have an example and it's numerical and it's tangible and it's in context and, you know, backing up everything that you claim in your CV is absolutely essential. So there's so many things like that when, you know, we, we look at CVs and often people will come to us having got a CV from somebody else and they'll say, you know, what do you think about this? And I have that kind of heart in, heart in mouth moment when I have to tell them that actually they've kind of wasted hundreds of pounds on a, on a CV that doesn't really work and it doesn't really meet current job market requirements. Um, so, yeah, I think results obviously speak for themselves and we've clearly got a lot of positive results. I mean, we've had people that have had no job offers and then all of a sudden after working with us, they've had 70% of the jobs that they've applied for have been offered to them. That was one client example. Um, somebody that had no offers suddenly got, you know, multiple offers within a week or two. Um, so, you know, if you get the right advice, you you go down the right route, you you engage with the right processes, then then the results will will definitely come. 
That is great to hear because like a lot of times people get helpless, right? And specifically, again, seeing, you know, how many people run in desperation if they've been waiting for quite a long time and then what that means to them and how that turns around. So for everyone, again, guys, I highly, highly encourage you reaching out to Matthew and we'll make sure I share his link, uh, but also to really check out Land a Dream Job now because I, you know, every day when I see some of his posts, um, I find always another golden nugget or something that I will affirm uh, what I knew maybe it was true or not sure uh, that really helps me because uh, we guide each other through the times of transformation. We cannot know everything because things are rapidly changing. Uh, and, and we need to rely on uh, someone who has expertise in that niche. So with that in mind, obviously, um, you're also doing something really good about LinkedIn itself. Uh, so that is a two-pronged approach, right? It's resume CV, it's just the one side. But what's really also going on, where people land, where they're going to find you in the real world, in digital print, right? So do you mind sharing a little bit that side? Because still people are not getting it, how essential that is. Absolutely. And, you know, LinkedIn is such a powerful tool, as you know, Isabella, when it comes to, to personal branding and having that positive online footprint. I mean, even a few years ago, surveys were, were showing that around about 85% of um, hiring managers were looking at your LinkedIn profile prior to hiring. Mm -hmm. So, and that was a few years ago. So now you can bet that that's closer to about 100% in terms of who's actually looking at your your profile before they make a decision to make you a job offer. And you know, for too long, LinkedIn profiles have kind of been treated as the poor relation of of your CV. Like you maybe have a good CV, good resume. You have the LinkedIn profile URL at the top, but then the recruiter or the hiring manager gets there and there's, there's no real information. There's nothing in your featured section. You're not a thought leader. You haven't created any content. And you know, there's there's various things that you can do with your LinkedIn profile, creating content for one, so that actually you can showcase your knowledge in practice rather than just telling somebody on the CV or on the application. You can actually showcase your knowledge in practice in a very dynamic way and feature some of those those posts in your in your featured section. But also we help entrepreneurs, not just job seekers, and again. LinkedIn is a fantastic tool for B2B, B2C, getting your profile optimized, creating content, having, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of content views, thousands of profile views. You can really start to get the traffic, the brand awareness, the conversions, the revenue that, that you deserve. So, again, it's all about um, opportunities, unleashing potential and kind of knowing exactly what to do to, to be able to get there. Mm. And, and and again, thank you for sharing that because uh, we are living in a world where I always joke around, LinkedIn is to me like a public passport <laughs> that shows your identity, that, that shows that it's available 24-7, that shows so many things tied to you, and, and then uh, obviously um, tells so much about you, right, or doesn't. Because not, if you're not active, if you don't care, how do you care about something that's important, right? Uh, is if, what, where do you put your priorities? And then also in terms of 
how you write, how you think, how you speak, what is important to you, what topics do you address, and and then uh, what what like I feel like so many of us specifically meeting with you virtually is like I was like I already know you because essence of who you are comes through in all other things you do. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know putting that daily effort into something like networking on LinkedIn is such a good insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I like it to insurance is because it works in a similar way. You know, you, you have car insurance, you have a house insurance, you know, you take out insurance on things because you know that one day you might need it and building relationships on LinkedIn or other social media platforms works in exactly the same way that conversation might not appear to you know to reward you that day but the fruits of planting that seed will be evident across time so when i look at my network now and the number of close connections that i've built up i'm pretty confident that i have somebody that i can call on for anything that i might need whether it's you know graphics or website development or new business lines or even just being able to introduce an, another connection to that person i kind of have somebody available at the tip of my fingers every time i need to draw on somebody else's resources or to get a connection or a friend help that they need the power of networking is just so immense but i don't know about you isabella but when i was at school nobody even mentioned the word networking they didn't even mention linkedin and these things are the future you know you, you you might one day use a venn diagram or algebra or the other things that are taught in school but you can bet your bottom dollar you'll definitely use linkedin and networking if you want to get anywhere in life so the idea that we don't teach these things as basic essentials in the modern day economy is quite remarkable to me and if everybody started networking earlier and put aside daily time, just like brushing their teeth or exercising or meditating or journaling, put aside sacrosanct networking time, 30 minutes, an hour a day from, say, 16, 17, 18 years old, by the time you're mid-career, you've built up so many connections, so many resources that if you want to, for example, you know, go from in-house to, to being an entrepreneur, you'll have all the connections there. You'll already be creating content. You'll already have interest for your for your topics of knowledge. So start early, start in a dedicated way, set aside daily time for, for networking, and, and those habits will will reap rewards, you know, in their own time. Fantastic. Again, a lot of great advice for everybody watching and listening. Matthew uh, speaks truly from his heart because everything he does is definitely reflected in his passion and intent to help tremendously people. So guys, again, I cannot wait for you to tap into his knowledge and also content that he's creating every day. With that in mind, Matthew, what's on the bucket list? What's left still on the, for Matthew to do? Because it seems like you're keeping yourself quite busy and you still have so many dreams and hopes and goals and objectives. So if you can share just a little bit of a glimpse of what's coming next will be great. Absolutely. You know, as if I didn't have enough businesses already, I've got a few, a few other ones in the 
in the pipeline that I'm working on at the moment. I've already got my dream job hub, uh, job search business, my LinkedIn agency, got an editorial business, a graphics business. We're also about to launch a great initiative that I'm involved in called the Confident Leaders Network, which is going to be a holistic package of, of support for entrepreneurs that are doing well, but they want to do great. Um, so it's going to be personal branding, mental health, uh, stress um, and burnout prevention, public speaking help, nutrition, um, sleep coaching, all in one, in one great kind of holistic package and and community. So that's kind of one thing that I'm working on with a number of, of talented individuals. Um, I'm also the chief marketing officer at a, a new business where we're looking to reward employers and recruiters that are doing some of the positive things that we've that we've touched on already in terms of helping people to unlock potential and i've got some books in the in the pipeline we're building a house in the philippines you name it i'm doing it this year and it's going to be a very exciting rest of the year ahead Oh, I am so thrilled and I cannot wait to see all these new things coming up, but I'm really excited about work and efforts you've been doing in Philippines for many years and that you are now really seeing yourself uh, being between two worlds, uh, Europe and obviously in Asia and being in the Philippines more because it's such a beautiful culture and it's just the fortunate to see evidence of poverty and how much people are really suffering. So I hope uh, you were able to uh, help that growth in in Philippines as well. And lastly, Matthew, we have obviously it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here with us. But I always ask this question: You obviously have tremendously living every day your legacy and leading with it. Uh, it's evident, obviously, in everything you do thus far. But what would you like to be known and remembered for? What would you? feel like I've fulfilled my legacy and this is what it is, that is? It's a fantastic question. And I think it's the question that we should all bear in mind on a on a daily basis. Um, it's a very pertinent thing that we should ask of ourselves. And I think for me, if I can leave the world, um, you know, better than when I came into it, particularly when it comes to, to men and how they're viewed in society and been able to get the support that they that they need. Um, if I can leave this world having provided that, then I'll be a I'll be a happy man um, when I look down and reflect on my on my legacy. So yeah, I think men matter too, and getting that to be where I I wish it to be. I've been able to help more and more men in the world and also women that are looking to support men. And in general, just that increased cooperation between men and women and being able to understand each other better, being able to help each other, understand each other's issues. If I can leave the world with that better interaction between the genders, then I'll be a, I'll be a happy man. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.